Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 3rd of March 2024. I see Judith's just as busy here as it was back home. Never stops. I'm usually chained to my desk over there. Behind the stacks of paperwork. Yep. I even had to fight for the job of picking you up from the airport. They don't normally let us outside in the field. Come in. In you go, sir. I don't suppose I could have a coffee, could I? Of course you can. After your meeting, I'll show you where the kettle is. <laughs> Righto. Ah, I'm glad we caught you. Captain Mohit Sharma. Surgeon Lieutenant Harry Sullivan. Be seated, please. <laughs> Oh, you're all right. Let me pull you out the water. Dust yourself down. Ah, hello, all of you. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. In a few moments, Benji and I will be giving you a Rolo update and looking at some upcoming Big Finish releases. After that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Torchwood, The Unbegotten starring Samuel Barnett and Dervla Kerwin. Mandeville Walk, the most haunted street in Soho. Then we go behind the scenes with the latest fourth Doctor release out this Tuesday, the 5th of March. It's entitled Storm of the Sea Devils and features the Doctor, of course, as played by Tom Baker with Harry Sullivan and Naomi Cross. There have been legends of such creatures going back centuries. Following that, it's listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, packed with listener comment and Briggs Clifford replies. Also available this week on Thursday the 7th of March, Torchwood Tube Strike. Written by and starring Gareth David Lloyd. We go behind the scenes. I'm Gareth David Lloyd and I play Yanto Jones. <laughs> I thought for a second then, I thought you said written by and starring. And I was thinking, who's that? Um, <laughs> oh, it's the and starring, the famous actor. Yes, yes. Anyway, then it'll be time for the Randomoid Selectatron delivering a random release of the 25% discount dutifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. And once again, our Futuroid Projectatron will now provide you with a clipette. He's going to get himself killed one day, you know. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's from Doctor Who, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Storm of the Sea Devils by David K. Barnes. Uh, well, uh, well, I told you, I'm the Doctor, and, and this is Harry Sullivan. <coughs> Mannering. What? Dr. Mannering. What are you talking about, Harry? That's not your name. Uh, this young lady, well, actually, we haven't been introduced. Naomi Cross. So, yes, a Rolo update. <coughs> Very exciting. You know, we yes. were talking about Rolos, the chocolate mm. confectionery. Yes, we were. Uh, how would you describe a Rolo, just for those who are not familiar? Lovely caramel treats. It's a uh, lovely, sort of caramel. slightly semi. It's not so. It's soft, but not as soft as you think. Caramel <laughs> wrapped in chocolate uh, in a sort of uh, cylind- cylindrical <laughs> shape. Uh, yes. Which is slightly, um, what's the word? It's slightly smaller at the top and larger at the bottom. Um, a bit like conical. A bit like, conical, conical. Yeah, a cylindrical conical. Think of it this way. You know, like a cowboy hat, you know, a Stetson. Take the yes. ring off the Stetson and it's that shape. There we go. Oh, yes. That's good. Yeah, so it's like a fez, basically. It's basically like a fez. That's a better example. With the, well, but with an indentation at the top. Anyway, we talked about them and I said I was going to buy some, didn't I? Yes, you did. I did, did buy them. And I bought one and, uh, well, here's the secret. I bought two packets. Oh, beautiful. And I went in and I 
gave my wife the option to have one of these Rolos and she did and Ben, my son, had one as well and I was very generous with them. And uh, she, I think she gave me the last Rolo wrapped in gold. She said, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. And then the next day... I stood in front of them. I said, watch this. And I pretended to do a magic trick, a really rubbish magic trick of producing something from my sleeve. And they were going, oh, you know, typical Nick Briggs, stupid behavior. Um, and uh, and I produced a second one. And Ben said, did you buy two? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> my son's a genius. Uh, so that that's my Rolo update. I mean, I, I have I to can't, I can't claim it's interesting. Here's a question because... I mean, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility. Has Ben mm. ever had a Rolo before? Because I feel yes. like people... Oh, he, he has. He oh, knew what they were. He absolutely knew. So Interesting. Because I, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I feel like Rolos have sort of... They're not quite the popular no. confectionery... Uh, no, I agree. You know, the treats that they once were. Well, uh, let me just put it this way. <laughs> listeners i went to waitrose which is so close to where i live and so you know we do our main shop in morrison's um, but i went to waitrose it's me who spends all the money in waitrose and i thought well i'll get some there there are no rolos in waitrose <laughs> no so i thought i'll have to go to the spa definitely gonna and be rolos those, there those of you who know all these brands will know what i'm saying when i'm going to the spa because uh, i thought they're bound to have it because it's bad for you you know um and so uh but then I went to buy a year planner in... Oh, I've got a year planner story as well. I went to buy a year planner in WH Smith's and um, I suddenly saw they had sweets there. I thought, no, I never knew they had sweets in WH Smith's. I thought it was all stationery magazines. And they had Rolos, so I got it there. Brilliant. So I said to the, know now. Yeah. I said to the assistant, I don't... Um, I can't find a year planner here. Have you got any or is it too late in the year? Because I suddenly realised my year's getting so difficult. I just need to see it all on a wall in front of me. Yes. Um, and um, Which I haven't done for years. And she said, oh, I think there's one left. And she went down <laughs> and she pulled it out of, you know, a display unit. She said, here's the last one. And I said, but she said, that's what you're looking for, isn't it? She sort of waved it in front of me. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I got home... A few days later, I opened it. I thought, right, I'm going to do the year planner thing. And I realised it was a holiday planner, <laughs> which is complete. Apart from the fact I hate holidays, so it's like the worst thing I could ever have. It's not got individual days on it. It's just got weeks. Oh, no. So it's absolutely of no use to me. As Steph said, take it back. I said, I haven't got a receipt. There's no way they're going to take it back. So I just ordered one on Zamazon. Zamazon, yeah, the, the famous, the famous uh, year planning company. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's now on the wall. Oh, brilliant. And and, and you know what's going to happen? What? You're going to book four holidays and need a holiday planner next week. No, no, That's where it's no. going to go. The holiday but, planner was for companies because you have to put your name next to it. So it's the idea of planning who's on holiday Who's when. on leave, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you know. There's a lot to be said for doing things the old-fashioned way with paper and pencil. Um, yes. You know, I mean, it's it's not something I would do all the time, but I do think it has its place. Well, I just my eyesight isn't good enough for me to have my whole year on a screen and to be able to see it all without zooming in. And I want to be able to just look at the whole thing. And the only way I can do that is. Uh, Oh, I'm boring myself. Listen, you're going um, to become like Napoleon, aren't you? You know when he had the entire his whole floor with a map of of 
of the world on it. Well, that's in the movie, isn't that, it? That'll yeah. be that'll be you, but you'll just have your year planner on the floor, walking around. Week nine. Don't put ideas into my head. <laughs> I can just see it. That'd be a good reason for clearing up the shed. And so time now just to remind you of a few things we've got coming up over the next month or so. Details of all these releases can be found on the bigfinish.com website right now. But here's a handy reminder for you. Coming very soon, the epic Sontarans vs. Rutan struggle continues with Born to Die, written by Tegan Byrne and starring Colin Baker and India Fisher as the Doctor and Charlie Pollard, with Dan Starkey and Christopher Ryan, Mike the Cool Person, as, well, guess who? Not Mike the Cool Person, he is actually something else. Uh, here's the trailer. Taxidon. Isn't she a beauty? She's certainly very peaceful. It's home to the Nox. Oh, fascinating species. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Sontarans vs. Rutans, Born to Die. The Nox have abnormal genetic coding, very malleable. People have been trying to uncover their secrets for centuries. They evolved a great aptitude for concealment. Grotox. Name is Prodox. It sounds like someone in pain. If our mission is completed effectively, we will return as heroes. What on earth are Sontarans doing here? You have killed a Sontaran. You must be executed immediately. Oh, not again. Activate weapons. Iris? Airborne infection, turning some Tarans feral. Fire on my command! The enemy will be destroyed! I promised Grodox I'd save them! We need to get out of here! Run! Big finish. For the love of stories. Excellent. A new dawn approaches. Also coming up, classic Doctors, new monsters, broken memories. Featuring the Doctors of Tom Baker, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann. And featuring the silence and clockwork droids, among other threats. Here's the trailer. From Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, classic Doctors, new monsters, broken memories. An ore freighter heading directly for Sistelzin. On a. It's on a collision course. Giant grasshopper strapped into the driving seat. Oh, 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 it must have been killed in the crash. I was right. Yes, it, it is a human brain, but why put it in the head of a dead insect? <laughs> they are harmony shows. And they will not be disembodied for long. I suspect, are we alone, by the way, because we're dealing with some sort of uh, cerebral endoparasite with the ability to animate the bodies of the dead. The Catherine de' Medici. Oh, you're a colony. And going by the name, from Earth. A group of droids breached the wall near the West Gate, Your Majesty. The droids came with the ship. The droids maintained everything. They all want to turn us into them. They're building robots out of bits of people. Stop, go, stop, go. 
Acquire resources. Rebuild, 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 rebuild. This city, it is an unhappy place. The place has seen better days, hasn't it? Out of mind. Two years ago, this city was on the brink of tearing itself apart. Then suddenly, the fighting ends. Crime plummets. But now, it's a flourishing holiday paradise. Corruption. It's everywhere. Fascinating. So, you disappear from a human's memory, do you? I take it you're going to kill me. You have said that five times in the past eight time long. Big finish for the love of stories. Back to Colin Baker again with some 40th anniversary celebrations for The Sixth Doctor, commencing with The Quinn Dilemma. Six exciting episodes by brilliant Big Finish writers Jack Rayner, Rob Valentine and Chris Chapman. Uh, with guest star companions Nicola Bryant, Bonnie Langford, Lisa Greenwood and Miranda Raisin. But there is no trailer yet, so uh, we'll just delve in and grab your little cliplet. If he says there are temporal fluctuations in the planet's quantum canopy, then, well, there probably are. I don't have a clue what that means, though. <laughs> Me neither. But you have to admit, it sounds bad. All the more reason to spend our last moments eating and dancing. Oh, I love this tune. Come on. Uh, it's not really my scene. I'll hold the bag while you dance. No, come on. I love dancing. The way the music flows through you, takes your body and moves it without you even having to think. Well, it doesn't do that to me. Dancing hasn't been a part of my life since I was a teenager. Saturday Night Fever and Grease, you know? I really don't know. No, of course you don't. Silly of me. <laughs> I had a jumpsuit with ruffles round the neck for the end of term disco. And I glued rhinestones all round the trouser cuffs. Ooh, all very exciting stuff. And we haven't even tackled the Twelfth Doctor Chronicles, uh, even though I couldn't spell the word Twelfth there. Uh, <laughs> Star Cops and Dark Gallifrey yet. No? Ooh, Dark Gallifrey. There's a name to conjure with. Exciting times ahead. Can I give you any more hints? Ooh, I daren't, dear listeners. I simply daren't. But there's so much more to come. Right then. Talking of more to come, time now for the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Torchwood, the unbegotten. It's time. They're coming. From Big Finish Productions, Torchwood Soho, the unbegotten. Mandeville Walk, the most haunted street in Soho. As in ghosts, actual ghosts. No such thing. Is there anything in the files? That's the interesting thing. Torchwood had a file for Mandeville Walk, and it's missing. Someone doesn't want us to find out what's going on here. That was their first mistake. Torchwood, always turning up when we're not wanted. Everyone comes to Mandeville Walk looking for something. During the Blitz, only the brave, 
the very brave used the Mandeville shelter. People who came to the shelter went missing. Pull your team out of Mandeville Walk. Let it die. This is Norton Folgate on Mandeville Walk. Things here are worse than I thought. The stories of demons are true, because I can see them. End of the world, sir! End of the world. We are absolutely going to die. It all comes tumbling down. We all fall down. Big finish for the love of stories. Help! Help! I'm being abducted by spacemen! Just go to bigfinish.com, type unbegotten into the search pane at the top to find this one. First up, sci-fibulletin.com, Alistair Stewart says, blisteringly funny. What in the Mildred Pierce is a perfect line. Um, mm-hmm. Delivered even worse by myself there, not realising <laughs> I was meant to be delivering a line. Gloriously icky, uh, uh, resolutely kind and torchwood from hat to shoes. Great work, everyone. 10 out of 10. I thought that was hat to toes for a moment. Uh, Doctor Who Reviews.net Kyle says the unbegotten highlights the versatility of Torchwood Soho and just how incredibly engaging this unique combination of characters continue to be. Well, one one nerd uh, says this set was absolutely amazing. What an amazing ending to this series until Ascension comes out. Uh, this set was absolutely fantastic. The mystery is brilliant and the finale is so heartwarming feels weird to say but it is this series has been a blast and unbegotten is a fantastic end i love ghost stories and this delivers in spades also norton and gideon are an adorable couple i love them Uh, and the fact that everyone gets a happy ending is fantastic really enjoyed it nine out of ten Lovely. Oh, that was on social media, and so was this. Um, Very good. The best Torchwood spin-off, and that's from at Telos32. Next week, we'll be reviewing the reviews of The Confessions of Dorian Gray, The Anniversary. Well, coming up soon, listeners, emails, Torchwood, Tube Strike, and the Randomoid Selectatron. But first... Released this Tuesday, the 5th of March, the latest Fourth Doctor box set, starring Tom Baker, of course, with Harry Sullivan returning to the TARDIS, along with unit operative Naomi Cross. It features two exciting adventures, one of them being the weird and wonderful two-parter Worlds Beyond by Robert Kahn and Tom Selinsky. But the titular adventure of the box set is the four-parter Storm of the Sea Devils by David K. Barnes. Let's go behind the scenes. Ooh! Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I'm the director of The Storm of the Sea Devils. The whole thing about the Sea Devils and the Silurians, interestingly, you know, two names that uh, neither of those names do the creatures use those of themselves. It's that whole notion of, you know, someone lived on this planet before us, that there's a a hidden past. And I even noticed uh, not that long ago when I was in a dinosaur museum in Dorchester, where there was a bit where they speculated on what might have happened had the dinosaurs not been wiped out and if dinosaurs had started evolving into intelligent bipeds. Interesting. I thought, oh my goodness, they're sort of talking about the Silurians and sea devils. And they had a little little picture of an upright reptilian. So it's a sort of fascinating idea and a product of, you know, Malcolm Hulk 
trying to overcome the either mad professor or alien invasion uh, limitations of the Doctor being stuck on Earth back in the John Pertwee era. And I think it was a fantastic uh, solution and addition to the arsenal of stories. And, and I think that's why certainly Doctor Who fans of my age, i.e. ancient, have a great deal of affection for them. They seem like a special thing from the past of the series, so really pleased that we're doing it. There have been legends of such creatures going back centuries. Imagine my surprise when they turned out to be true. Yes, I'm sure you were delighted. A unique treasure, eh, to keep locked away? Not unique. Hardly that. Where there is one, there must be many more. Uh, I'm David, and I wrote The Storm of the Sea Devils. Putting the story together and thinking where to set it and, and, and what the story would be about. And John said, I, You have to have the Sea Devils for a while. I said, David, I'd like to wonder if you'd be interested in the Sea Devils. And uh, the Sea Devils, I know um, the original John Pertwee story is it was the, the very first uh, Doctor Who video that I, I ever had. So I watched it over and over again. And uh, they're creatures who, for me, what's interesting about the Sea Devils, I think even more so than the Silurians, is that the Silurians, of course, you know, they wake up and there are apes all over the land. They're going, Oh, blimey, we want. We, they're, they're, you know, where are we meant to go? You know, there, there, there are eight creatures running around all our fields and the land. Where are we meant to have our cities? The sea devils out in the seas. I mean, they're, they're probably very annoyed at the, the seas being rather more polluted than they remember. But for the most part, the sea devils can kind of sit out a lot of this. So the sea devils, I think, have a slightly different attitude to the uh, the whole um, waking up millions of years later and discovering that humanity is there than the Silurians do. And I really wanted to play with that in this story. The setting, um, putting in the sort of the, the swamps um, in, in, of India, I, I wanted a, a swampy location because I just liked the, in my head, I liked the idea of sea devils swimming alongside crocodiles and being sort of menacing the shadows of the trees and the rains coming down. I thought, well, they're underwater creatures. They probably don't just live in the sea. They probably did live in in rivers and lakes and the rest of it. Um, whether there's saltwater sea devils, I don't know. But I, I, I liked the the images that came up in my mind and I thought it'd be a really atmospheric, different approach to them than we've had before. Well, David K. Barnes, he's one of those writers, you know, it happens every now and again. It's happened with people like Matt Fitton and John Dorney or Eddie Robson, for example. And there are loads more, Guy Adams, where you just think, oh, this person has got, a, they know how to tell a story. And not only that, they know how to tell a Doctor Who story, which is a massively specific and difficult thing to master and not only do they know how to do that they know how to do it in a way that pleases david richardson and me which is even more specific he just tells the story he's got a really assured storytelling technique he creates a, a bunch of great characters and uh, he instills in me when i start reading his scripts an amazing confidence and respect and i relax and he probably gets away with an awful lot of things because there's something innately authoritative in his writing that makes makes me relax. And it just feels like proper old Doctor Who without sounding too old-fashioned. I mean, he still does interesting character things that perhaps they wouldn't have done back in the day. But I think he's a great writer and I think it's a lovely script. Can't be any fun for an old eavesdropper like you, Haldar, stuck in a place like this. How much are they paying you? Enough. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Tom Baker playing Doctor Who. And I often see Nick, our director, hold his head in his hands at some of my efforts to be <laughs> something amusing. So I, I always know uh, where he is because he said, that's intensely, absolutely interesting. I think we'll do one more take with perhaps a little less emphasis on <laughs> and, I, and I understand him perfectly and obliged. 
So it's give and take, you know. He often lets me get away with murder on the first one. In fact, I, I'm, I'm surprised you don't use some of my outtakes in drama schools as to what you shouldn't do in a sound studio. But I do enjoy it all. We're not lying, honestly. Then will you please explain to me why another doctor has already arrived here less than an hour ago? I... I don't... Uh, I... Well, well, well. Hello, Harry. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. I'm John Donny, and I script edit the Tom Baker Fourth Doctor Adventures. Harry Sullivan is one of my all-time favourite companions, as it happens. I've always loved Ian Martin's performance back in the day and thought the character is really beautifully judged. He's very much uh, an everyman. He reacts, I think, the way most of us would react in this situation. He's a little out of his depth, but he's also smart. He's a doctor, he's medically trained, but he's just not used to this kind of thing. Though by the time we meet him in this story, he, he, he clearly is. So the prospect of bringing Harry back was a very thrilling idea. I think he brings a really interesting dynamic uh, to a TARDIS team. Uh, he brings out something hugely entertaining uh, in the fourth Doctor because uh, there's affection there but also a certain degree of, uh, of, of mocking. There's a lovely bantery, teasy relationship between the two of them that you don't really get with anyone else. Um, that's, that's a, I think, an interesting thing that uh, the fourth Doctor has with a male companion. Uh, there can be a slightly more... Um, dynamic relationship there there's slightly more he, he can afford to be a bit more difficult with his male companions than I think he can be with uh, female companions just because of the, the power dynamic and I think Chris is perfect casting uh, I think the moment his name was floated uh, it was so obviously spot on that he was really the first and only choice uh, he's a marvellous actor who I've been very privileged to have known for a good number of years because he was below me at drama school and he's just doing such a beautiful job of it uh, he pretty much is the same character in real life, really. I'm Christopher Naylor, and I'm playing Harry Sullivan. We're delighted to have you with us in Calcasa, Dr Sullivan. Or should that be Surgeon Lieutenant? Well, given the choice, I prefer Harry. Probably anybody who knows me knows how much it means to me, and uh, you know how much Doctor Who and Tom's era particularly has always meant. It's a dream that I never dreamed could come true, but has come true. I suppose my experience of Doctor Who was sort of gradually faded into into being because the television was on from the beginning of Grandstand till the end of Match of the Day on BBC One every Saturday. And uh, I have very strong memories of Doctor Who and, and of Harry. So whether I saw them and remember them from their first broadcast or from later repeats, but yeah, it was, it's a very strong part of my childhood. I think he is very easy to relate to because he represents something that we all want, which is a, a sense of doing the right thing. It's something that we all admire. You know, he's morally very strong. He's very brave, but he's also very vulnerable and very human. Uh, often makes a terrible hash of things. You know, he's a thoroughly decent chap and a really likable man. And I think that his relationship with the Doctor, and of course with Sarah Jane as well, had a lot of charm and appeal and uh, it's harder to relate to a Time Lord perhaps than it is to relate to someone like Harry so uh, I think he really played an important role. Harry Sullivan is one of my favourite characters from old Doctor Who. I think that it's one of the great successes of that first series of Tom Baker episodes, the relationship between Harry, Sarah and the Doctor and uh, I met Ian Martyr on a couple of occasions. I interviewed him uh, at a panopticon 
uh, behind the scenes for a video thing. But I also spent, I think it was just a day with him filming a, a Mythmakers interview. And he was just such a charming man. Uh, and it, I was so thrilled at the time to meet him because I'd enjoyed his performance in Doctor Who, which even back then seemed like eons ago, <laughs> you know. So how, how far in the past it is now, goodness. I don't like to think about that. Just go to bigfinish.com and type sea devils into the search pane at the top to find <laughs> this one. And that is out this Tuesday, the 5th of March. But right now, March. it's time for listeners' emails. Zoom completely, uh, completely eradicated that noise from your mouth, but I anticipated that you were being a sea devil by the menacing look on your face. Yes. Well, if you want a menacing look, or if you've got a menacing look on your face, why not send a picture of it to podcast at bigfinish.com <laughs> so that we can not only look at the menacing look on your face, but describe it in acute details. And if you're a sea devil, like um, then I'd quite frankly be amazed if you did email him because I didn't know that that was even possible. Well, are their fingers, um, they're, not, they're a bit sort of spongy, aren't they? They, I mean, they could dictate, but then, you know, you know they could... I don't know in a voice they, that couldn't be heard over Zoom. I mean, it's a big problem. In fact, this is something we must raise in the future because, uh, you know, I, I feel justice to sea devils is, is imperative. Um, <laughs> but if you want to email in, send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. Uh, that's exactly what uh, Philip Edney did here uh, with the subject Wendy Pabri in Australia. Dear Nick and Benji, Hello. I hope you are both well. Yeah. We are. Uh, it's been lovely to hear from you, Philip. To hear you nice. Um, it's been lovely to see so many Big Finish writers and actors attend the Gallifrey Convention in America. The pictures looked amazing, and I hope that one day I may be able to fly from Australia to attend. Well, you know, Philip, I say that you, you start up your own big convention over there to rival Gallifrey. Over in the Gallifrey, dark, call it dark Gallifrey, there we go. <laughs> um, but whilst Gallifrey was going on in all its glory, we here in Australia were enjoying the presence of Wendy Padbury and her daughter, and also big Finnish actor, Charlie Hayes. The Sirens of Audio put on two events in Sydney and Melbourne, and Wendy and Charlie thoroughly entertained us. At one stage, Charlie interviewed her mother, starting with a series of questions I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> uh, these weren't huge events, but they were up close and personal, and everyone said they had an amazing time. What was clear throughout was how much Wendy and Charlie both love working for Big Finish. They love the atmosphere that is created there, catching up with old friends, but most importantly, the quality of the scripts they get to perform. They also appreciate the opportunities that come from doing the work. Like a trip to Oz. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that we're going to get more Wendy, but when are we going to get more Charlie Hayes? What a terrific voice artist she is. I think it's time for a few more stories for her. Thank you, Big Finish, for providing opportunities for these wonderful actors to reprise roles that we love. They love it, and we love it even more. Regards, Philip Edney. The Sirens of Audio. The Sirens of Audio. What Lovely email. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, I saw Charlie with Wendy at the um, the screening for the Star Beast, actually. I'm pretty certain that's why I saw her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, did you have a nice old catch-up, a good chin We did. We, we did. I, I did, could. I think I was trying to conflate both those words. We did. 
<laughs> I've never met Charlie, but I have met Wendy. And oh. Wendy is just so lovely. What a lovely person. Yeah. Well, and Charlie's great as well. A really good actor. It's a really good point, actually. We should get her in to do something. Uh, next up. Make it so. Pardon? I said make it so. Oh, yes. Thank you, uh, Captain Picard. Uh, next up. Uh, Melody Soundy uh, has written in uh, with uh, setting the debate as the subject line. Hello there, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Hi there. Hope you are doing well. Haven't got to listen. Haven't got to listening to Phobos yet, but will do soon. Oh, it's the next one that they're uh, going through the uh, Eighth Doctor and Lucy releases. I have also bought the Out of Time One download as I love multi Doctor stories. On to my main question. I need help. I am an avid reader and listener of sci-fi stories, and although Big Finish stories are audio dramas, I have logged them onto my reading goals or reader tracker apps such as Storygraph and Goodreads. You heard of these? Yes, I have. Good. I've heard of Goodreads, actually. My brother is angry and said that I'm cheating uh, by uh, my reading goal and that Big Finish doesn't count. I argue that audio dramas are higher quality upgraded Ooh. versions of an audiobook and think it counts. The stories feel like reading a Doctor Who script without the visuals. Uh, you probably don't have these reader tracker apps, but I was wondering your opinion on this, as you two are the experts on what counts as a story. Okay, Benji, we're the experts. I believe listening is another form of reading, but what do you think? Keep up the great work with the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. All the best, Melody Soundy. It's a really interesting question. I mean, let me state the obvious before I ask Benji to be more intellectual. <laughs> um, Impossible. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, too much. reading and listening are different activities. Because the thing is, uh, the reading thing is relying completely on your own input, isn't it? Your own interpretation of the words. And you hear in your mind's eye, do you? Mind's ear? The voices... Uh, and and the descriptions in the text evoke things in your mind. Whereas the, I always say that audio drama is kind of, and audio books in a way, are sort of halfway between, you know, that and films. So what you get is a helping hand. So with an audio book, you get the helping hand with the expressiveness in a performer's and narrator's voice, which maybe brings things to life you more uh, doesn't rely so much on your own imagination creating it from scratch and then likewise moving further along the same line with an audio drama there are a lot more cues to help your imagination there's the sound effects and multiple voices so all the characters have actually completely different voices and then there's music as well to evoke emotion of all kinds um so does it count as reading I don't want to upset things, Melody, between you and your brother. <laughs> I'll say no more. Uh, Benji, over to you. I'll just throw that one in. I your think mind. it's a really good analysis there. I mean, I think... Thank you. I would say audio drama, as opposed to audio books, is a different medium. Um, because I, I think it's the emphasis in drama is there. It's delivered in a dramatic way, um, like a play, rather than, for example, like an audio book, which is far more... It's, it's the words that were in the pages read by somebody else. I would class listening to an audiobook as reading, um, but not. I think Nick is right about reading in terms of your own interpretation. When you're reading it yourself, you think of the voices, your mind is constantly processing things in a different way. Um, but at the same time, I would say that reading an, an audio, listening to an audiobook, I would still class it as reading. I would still say that I have been reading a, you know, 
if you're talking to something, you can say, I'll be listening to a book, which I still think is kind of reading. So I would, I would count that. Um, because I, I actually, you know, I, I, at the same time, I quite like them as two different things. I like sitting with a book. I don't like reading... I don't like reading um, things on digital means. I like if I'm going to read, it has to be a page. Yeah, I, I prefer that too. It's just better on the eyes. We spend so it much is. time looking at screens that actually I think it's nicer to to do that. But at the same time, I do really enjoy um, going on walks and listening to things. And I've, I get different enjoyment out of that. I think it's it must be true that reading and listening uh, are processed by different things in the brain. So, for example, I've given this example before, but I don't know whether you remember it, Benji, that when I wrote the adaptation of War of the Worlds for The Martian Invasion of Earth, I, I obviously I reread the book, uh, which I'd read, you know, a number of years before. And then I reread it a number of times, except I didn't reread it. I, I got a really good audio book of it and listened to it a lot of times. And listening to it, I noticed a heck of a lot of things in the book that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah, I'd read. In fact, I'd probably read it about three times before I started listening to an audio book of it, and and there would be there were things there that I would have sworn blind weren't in the book if someone had told me. And I thought, but hearing it, I noticed it's weird, isn't it? I can't quite quantify that. So I do, it's I do believe a that in the brain. I reckon. I think it ties into the whole thing of learning. You know, are you a visual learner? Are you a? Um, I don't know what the other ones are because I'm, I'm a visual learner. Hold on. Types of text and audio, I suppose. The four predominant visual, auditory, read and write, and kinesthetic. Oh. I would say I'm very visual. I like to if I like to see things. You know, when I work on big finish, for example. Even though obviously I'm using my imagination for sound design, so I don't count that because that's a different thing. But when I'm tracking things that I do, I always make gra- I always make it, spreadsheets telling me everything I need to know, oh. showing me logging which scenes I've done what things need doing, what things I've started, what things I need to consider. Everything's logged in front of me, and I have to see it. A bit like you saying about seeing your year yes. in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I think I reach sort of critical mass when I feel I've got to a confusing juncture, and I think, no, and now I need to step back and look at this. But I can put up with not seeing it for quite some time. I think it's, it's, just, a, it's just a different medium. You know, I know people that cannot... They, that, I know people, and I've, and I've read this from Doctor Who fans before, that, that they cannot get into Big Finish because they simply don't have that level of attention to be able to sit and listen to an audio drama. Yeah. Um, which is totally, understand, totally understandable because it is a different skill. And yeah. I, I think you, you know, and I, I always say to them, okay, well, why don't you try, how have you done it? And they say, oh, you know, I sit down try and listen to it it's okay we'll go for a walk or go for a drive or or do so you know do something like sit on a train and look out the window do stimulate your stimulate yourself in different ways and you'll find that it will filter in yeah that's you know i mean some of some of the best memories of big finish and it's kind of weird the best memories i have are, are listening to them and remember where i was where i was listening to something and and it enhanced my experience in a different way yeah, but I mean, really, Melody, I think there is no right or wrong answer to this. I think it's 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 deeply down to the people, and and if and if you consider it reading and 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 audiobooks, then I, I think for you, then that's that's good because that's you getting that dose of what what you want, which is the creative input. 
doing something. So, yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. I'll, I'll send that to the lab. We'll get the report typed up. Um, <laughs> we got one more from the lab, actually. Uh, yes. This one's from Mark. The subject of this is novel adaptations. Aye, aye. Lost stories. Here oh. we go. It wouldn't be a podcast without the novel adaptations. Well, the trouble uh, is we're releasing up. one, you see. So it's it's reinvigorated the Re- debate. Well, well, you know, they better buy it. Um, dear Nick and Benji. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Hi there. Is that three hi there's in a row? We might, oh, we might be lucky. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're both well and not too oppressed by the British weather. I'm feeling very oppressed today. Yeah. It's just started to rain while we've been doing this, and now I'm stuck in the shed with no umbrella. Actually, Nick, yeah. it is incredibly sunny today, and to, to, to keep up with the... To keep up with things. Yeah. He's just showing me. Is there anybody at the bus stop today? Is there anyone at the bus stop? We had someone at the rainy bus stop yesterday. No, there's no one there. Nobody there. The shifty man is not there. The shifty man is not there. The sun is shining. Anyway, that was that was uh, Nick's weekly updates of the bus stop. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's stopped raining again now. Oh, it's very confusing. It's like we live in Britain. I like the way that you inherited the rain from me, and now I've inherited the sunshine and the blue sky. It's whizzing so, back and forth across the country. It is moving at quite a rate there, and it is, oh, it's gone again. Like ping pong, that's how we play. Um, anyway, I was really chuffed to see a new novel adaptation on the horizon. I did read goth opera back in the day, but I've forgotten most of the plot. So it will seem like a new story, but one that comes with assurance and quality. Being from the pen of the mighty Paul Cornell. Uh, I did wonder if you missed a trick, though. Was it the Rolo trick that Nick did? No. Um, the novel was loosely linked to Terence Dix's Blood Harvest, if I remember rightly. Uh, perhaps the two releases could have been a box set or a bundle. Uh, but I very much look forward to hearing the new story in the range. Steady. I've also really enjoyed the lost stories over the years. Um, I've been watching Doctor Who chronologically, and I've got to the Tom Baker, Philip Hinchcliffe, Robert Holmes era, uh, which is my favourite era of the show, and it got me thinking. You did such a good job on The Ark, Return of the Cybermen, and Dalek's Genesis of Terror that perhaps there might be other stories from this era uh, that could be adapted. How about Terence Dix's original version of The Brain of Morbius? Gosh, I'd love to do sound design on that. Um, Or uh, Louis Greifer's uh, early version of uh, Pyramids of Mars? Or is it a case of just imagine? Or as it says here, just imagine. Imgain. Um, <laughs> all the best, Mark. Sent from my time-space visualizer. Uh, P.S. This month I have mostly been listening to Sarah Jane Smith. I hadn't realised the whole thing ends on a cliffhanger. I know. Crazy, isn't it? I think we were just doing the last series when it was sort of announced that she was going to do the new stuff on TV. So that that was, um, that was we weren't that. allowed to carry on. That's no, a shame, isn't it? Never mind. Great series, though. Uh, both on television and on audio. Um, well, uh, leave that with me about those lost stories. Uh, we'll see how goth opera goes uh, um, with regard to the novel adaptations. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's it for the emails this week. Keep them coming. We love them. And remember, there's a tease of Storm of the Sea Devils coming up at the end of this podcast. But before that, we go behind the scenes with the latest Torchwood release out this Thursday, the 7th of March. Tube Strike. 
I'm Gareth David Lloyd and I play Yanto Jones. Hello? Is there someone there? I got the idea for Tube Strike through um, some ideas that were suggested. It jumped out to me straight away just because of the, uh, I don't know, the sort of the horror uh, aspect to it. I'm a big fan of sort of those uh, 70s, 80s horror films, Merrick Wolf in London. Yeah, so I was writing something in, in, sort of, in the underground, sort of a scary chase through the tunnels of uh, the London underground was just something that I fancied doing. I always enjoy writing for uh, Yanto and Tommy because I think they're so chalk and cheese. It's, it's it, it, you know, a great. There's lots of fun to be had uh, with those two characters, especially as now as their relationship develops. Um, there are lots of fun to be around. But yeah, there's a few uh, scenes that you might have noticed are homages to American Wolf in London. Um, it's one of my f favorite films of uh, of all time. So just doing those little nods to that was 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 great fun as well. Tommy! Damn it! Oh, what's taking you so long? You're supposed to lure the weevils to me, not make sweet love to them on the escalator. Yanto! And I tripped you! I saw the whole thing on CCTV, you graceless gangling git. <laughs> Funny though. <laughs> I've made a copy for the Christmas party. My name's Tim Bentink and I play Tommy Pierce. Well, Tommy's Tommy. Tommy's getting older as as this series go on. When I started him, he was, he was, you know, he was still old because I'm I'm now officially old, and um, so all these lines about him being knackered, <laughs> I don't have to do any acting. There's no acting required whatsoever. Um, I keep having to sit down these days. But I, uh, no, I love I love playing Tommy, and I, as, as as Gareth was saying, this relationship is sort of like this double act. And as he says to Bill when when um, when Yanto's out the room, you know, I'm fond of him, but I don't want him to know. I'm not going to let him find out. And he is kind of, you know, he's protective and he's sort of paternal about this this boy. And you, it's that old thing, you know, much teased is much loved. And you only take the piss out of people that you like, you know. I remember in Australia, a bloke saying to me, you know, if we're not taking the piss out of you, it means we don't like you. Um, which is a funny English thing, a British thing as well. Who's this suit? Government official, here to shut you down. Why is he making that weird face? He's a Nancy. Hi, I'm Derek Elroy and I'm playing Bill Burroughs. Bill Burroughs is, well, the brief was that Bill is gritty, um, which is a stretch for me. Uh, but yes, he's a, a loyal friend, one of the guys. He's very bossy and he's very strong to a point. But inside, I think he's a bit squishy and a bit soft, which is good. I think that's a, a good thing for us to, to explore as men out there. He has this relationship with a friend that is lost that he still has hope of finding. Um, and it's a really close relationship, which is, which is a good thing. And it's not often seen. Um, at that degree. I'll tell you why I'm so angry. Now it's just us. It's almost a year since Mike disappeared below Embankment Station. That's why I wanted this contract. So I could maybe find him. Bill is a local boy that's made good. Um, he, he used to work on the buses with Tommy, their mates uh, from the past, and but he's he's 
gone his own path and he's actually got his own uh, infrastructure company now and he's working on the tunnels um, and he's had a bit of tragedy in his life. He's, he's lost um, his soulmate, Mike, to the Weevils. So he's sort of got this um, emotional mission to sort of uh, to, to find Mike and, uh, you know, he lives in hope that one day he'll find him in the, uh, in the depths of the, the London Underground where he went missing the year before in Embankment Station. There's an amalgam of quite a few people I know, like, obviously, um, my greatest model for the Caribbean is my dad. Um, and then there are elements of, like, brothers and, and good friends, but mainly it's my dad. It's how I see my dad as this fully rounded, macho, soft and hard man. That's, that's who I base him on. My favorite Bill moment is where he asks um, Tia for a hand um, and then realizes she, it's not, it's too soon basically. <laughs> and he realizes that and says, um, give us a hat. And then the rest you'll hear, obviously. Yeah. Oh, you've heard. Um, that was one of my favorite Bill moments. And that, obviously the death scene is my favorite. There must be a cure. I think the more aged among us are a bit tired. Tommy? Is that true? Are you tired? How dare you? My name's Kay Bridgman and I'm playing Tia. Tia has had some struggles in her life, but she is very happy and sunny and positive and she's got affirmations on her wall and she has all these cards and loads of self-help books and she does morning affirmations. Um, and yeah, she's had a difficult time in her life, but she's turned it round. And that's who she is. Tia is one of these people who's probably had quite a lot of bad stuff happen to her in in the past. Um, but I think everyone who travels on the London Underground a lot uh, will will know um, will recognise that um, that train driver who's just a little bit more sunny than the others, every, or announcer on the platform a, a lot of the time, and they, they are constantly positive throughout throughout the whole day. That they, they, their positivity doesn't wane or, or, or run out. And um, my day always gets brightened up by them. So I wanted to, I wanted to have uh, one of those characters in this, which is where Tia comes in, sort of um, someone who's probably probably had a, a lot of bad luck in the past, but um, has uh, trained herself just to see the rainbows in life and uh, look forward and positive. And remember, you can find Torchwood Tube Strike at bigfinish.com by typing Tube Strike into the search pane at the top. And that is released this Thursday, the 7th of March. Right, so what's it time for now, Nick? The Randomoid Selector Troll, of course, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. What have you got, mate? Let me have a look. Let's see if I can find the big finish site on the internet. Well, I'll, I'll, always, there it is. I'll always give Toby a, a, a bit of PR here. Uh, Who's Round has just popped up. It's free, <laughs> so it's not in the thing, but it's he's uh, interviewing William Dudman. Oh. Uh, so there we go. You Who's can, that? Uh, uh, so he's uh, usually behind the camera, but did most of his work in the Sylvester McCoy era, oh. uh, though he hopefully chucks in a Troughton anecdote for good measure. He also talks Star Cops, Blackadder and special effects. I say, go and listen to that. It's free. Anyway, what uh, what's the discount? Oh, you'll like this, Nick. You'll very much like this. I don't even think you'll be able to... You won't even need to get it up. You'll know it so well. The Prisoner Volume 1. Oh, my goodness. Mm. 
I'm yes, out of habit. I'm, I'm typing it in. The prisoner. Well, there we are. Um, yeah. Uh, well, oh, what's come up is a podcast about the prisoner. That's how rubbish the search feature on our site <laughs> is. Yeah. That's ridiculous, isn't it? They're such a good cast on this one. A really good cast. I actually can't find it on the site. You can't find it by... Oh, there it is. The prisoner. You have to type in the entire name before you get it. <laughs> Yes, I don't think it's available. Yeah, it's not on CD when we printed a lovely booklet and everything with it. And Yeah. Well, here's the trailer. I hope he doesn't break any speed limits and get himself into trouble. He's going to get himself killed one day, you know. Where am I? In the village. In the village. Désirez-vous un taxi, monsieur? Take me away from here. Where to? As far as you can go. I heard this was your first day. And my last. Why'd you say that, number six? Don't call me that. It's just the number of a house I woke up in. Now then, number six. Philo. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you work for. And I don't care. Open that door or I'll break it down. There's no need for all this nonsense. All we want to know is why you resigned. Stop! Do not run! Halt! Stop running, man! Stop running! You don't stand a chance! We don't want any unhappiness in our beautiful village. And if number six behaved aggressively towards you... What's your real name? What's yours? You see? We're both scared to talk. This place is a madhouse. A bloody nightmare. Yes, get out of here. Yes, we must or they'll kill us. Worse. Worse. Orange alert. Orange alert. The Prisoner is one of my favourite TV series and it's uh, it was just such fun you know it was a real personal mission to go to itv and get a license for it um yeah got loads of lovely reviews mark elstop convinces from the first line and the the role of number nine blossoms with the performance of sarah powell this is a rich retelling replete with potential Elstoff gives a commanding and volatile performance. This new beginning of The Prisoner creates an immersive world that will not be seeking to escape from... Oh, that we will not be seeking to escape from any time <laughs> soon. Five stars, cult box, that was. Anyway, I could... Goodness me, there are a lot of good reviews here. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but such a happy time doing it. But an example of one of those things, I mean, we could have just kept on doing it, but I just wanted to not, um, you know just keep reproducing the same thing um it's quite controversial the way i ended it in prisoner circles i saw some heavy criticism of that online the other day yeah I, well you know everybody's entitled to how they feel it's exactly isn't it? exactly well if you haven't um ever dipped into the prisoner uh the big finish version i strongly recommend uh, my own work. I strongly recommend that you, <laughs> you go and give it a forward. try with with twenty five percent off. Rather lovely. Oh, now um, I'll email Jackie Emery, the content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the Big Finish website. But Benji, can you explain how listeners can get this discount at all? 
Well, I mean, I can try. I certainly can well, try. Well, give it a it's, go. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not one to, you know. But uh, no, if you want to, it's perfectly easy. It's perfectly simple. You don't have to wake up uh, on a remote uh, island uh, in Wales to, um, to 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 do this. It's all it's all part of it. You know, you don't have to play massive game of chess. Uh, just go to bigfinish.com. Um, once you're on there, head to the podcast page. Once you're on the podcast page, you just want to click read more under the picture of myself with uh, Nick. Or it's actually oh, next yeah. to it on the right-hand side, no less. Um, in there, under the blurb of us, it says, enter the code. Click here and enter the code. Buck up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. Enter that in, and you will get your discount. And honestly, I would say go for it with The Prisoner, because The Prisoner is one of these things. I found this with the television version, is that... Nobody like a lot. A lot of people know of it, but don't really haven't necessarily sat down and rewatched it in a long time. Mm. But then everybody I've recommended it to and said, "Oh, check out the Prisoner. Have a watch the Prisoner." They fall in love with it, and they just because I just think it's just so unique. It's such a unique thing, and I think with this audio version of it, you've really captured that that slightly surreal quality of the mm. original, and and oh, really thanks. adapted it and and made it work for audio so beautifully. And Mark Elstock does an amazing job. Oh, he's at, brilliant, isn't he? A lovely six. man as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant actor. Uh, and so many great uh, um, uh, number twos in it, which sounds like a weird thing to say. But anyway. <laughs> really, Nick? I mean, for goodness sake. Good grief. Oh, well, anyway, topping work, Ran. At uh, this stage, it looks very much like next week's podcast will feature more from Sontarans versus Rutans and some classic Doctor's New Monsters with Tom Baker, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann featuring. We featured a, a trailer for both those things. Ooh, rather. Well... In the meantime, it only remains me to say that this edition of the Big Finish Podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. Ah, and of course, Benji and I did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. stories. And finally on the Big Finish Podcast, the fourth Doctor, Storm of the Sea Devils, by David K. Barnes. <laughs> Haldar, must you always walk so quietly? My work demands it. Your job isn't to scare me out of my wits. Where is my husband? Outside near the river. Shall I take you there? No, I'll find him myself. It's dangerous in the grounds. It always is. But I'll feel much safer without you following me. Now, 
Now, now, don't be greedy. You've had your dinner, haven't you? Hey, that's enough of that. Don't you know who I am? That's right. Clever boy. Ramesh, come away. You know it's perfectly safe, my darling. I'm just letting him get some exercise. Won't you please come inside? It's raining. How very observant of you. I have to talk to you. (laughs) Please? You want to go back to the city? I want to go home. This place, this swamp is not what you promised me. It's not what I expected either. But circumstances change, my darling, and we must change with them. A few weeks, months perhaps. And then Now, Ramesh, we should go now. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Oh, come now. This has been our dream for years now. It's turned into a nightmare. You have turned into a... Amita, you are being very foolish. You're hurting my arm. Everything I have ever promised will be yours. We just need a little more time. (laughs) It's funny. You look out into the jungle and you think you see everything. But a hundred eyes, a thousand, are staring back at you, and you'd never know it. The professor? Another disagreement with his patient. We'd better see what the matter is. Ramesh? Come along, my dear. my hand just a second ago. I know I did. Then why are you searching your hand luggage? In case I didn't. Where in earth? Sir, if you cannot produce your passport, I shall have to instruct security to assist you. Well, I don't think we need to go that far. I do. Ah, I see. Well, uh... Dr. Sullivan? Uh, yes? I'm a friend. Oh, good. I think I need one. Dr. Sullivan is expected. I think these should resolve any misunderstanding, don't you? Uh, uh, Yes, indeed. Welcome to Kolkata, Dr. Sullivan. I wish you good fortune in locating your passport. Thank you very much. This way, sir. Uh, What did you pass him just then? A letter from the United Nations clearing you for arrival and a small bribe. It's the first time I've been allowed to do the important security thing, so thanks for that. Don't mention it. Uh, who are you exactly? Naomi Cross, online from the UK. We're delighted to have you with us in Calcutta, Dr. Sullivan. Or should that be Surgeon Lieutenant? Given the choice, I prefer Harry. You said the UN sent you? Well, their intelligence task force. You're with UNIT? We were hoping you might be able to lend us a hand again. It's pretty urgent. Well, normally I'd be glad to, but I'm meant to be on holiday. Don't worry, I'm sure it won't take long. Are you? Not in the slightest. I'll get a taxi for us, shall I? (laughs) 
I see Judith's just as busy here as it was back home. Never stops. I'm usually chained to my desk over there. Behind the stacks of paperwork. Yep. I even had to fight for the job of picking you up from the airport. They don't normally let us outside in the field. Come in. In you go, sir. I don't suppose I could have a coffee, could I? Of course you can. After your meeting, I'll show you where the kettle is. <laughs> Righto. Ah, I'm glad we caught you. Captain Mohit Sharma. Surgeon Lieutenant Harry Sullivan. Be seated, please. You're not here on business, I trust? No, sir. I was stationed here for a few months in my early days. Always wanted to come back, see some old friends. I must ask you to put your plans on hold, for the time being. Yes, I thought you might. Your time with UNIT was relatively short, but you're still well acquainted with our line of work? You could say that. Yes, I once saw the Loch Ness Monster swimming in the Thames. Bit of a red-letter day, that one. Yes. Does the name Ramesh Gamal mean anything to you? No. Should it? He's one of the wealthiest men in West Bengal. Inherited a textiles business, more than tripled its profits within a year, and branched out into every other venture you might think of. Fingers in many pies, eh? As you say. But his most ambitious and eccentric project was his latest. He announced he was building a hotel within the mangrove forests of the Sundarbans, 60 miles from here. Why? I explored them back in the day. Beautiful place, but it's full of mud flats and swamps. There's nowhere to build. Yet build he did. Twenty rooms, gymnasium, heated swimming pool. It's all in the brochure. Here. Absolute luxury in the heart of nature. Catering to the rich and famous, foreign dignitaries and so on. It must be dangerous, surely. What about the wildlife? Oh, the hotel is well defended. And discreet. Perfect place to conduct business with those who don't want to be seen doing it. And not far from the Bangladesh border. Anything could be going on. I see. It says here the hotel opened about a month ago. It was meant to, yes. Invitations were issued for an exclusive opening. There was a lot of interest. And then he cancelled it. Fired most of the staff before they'd even started and refunded all the bookings. Why? We don't know. We went to the hotel with his wife and they hadn't been seen or heard from since. Until this morning. What happened? We intercepted a communication from the hotel. Mr. Ramesh Kamal needs a doctor. We thought we'd send him one. Me? If you wouldn't mind, Dr. Sullivan. Undercover, of course. Well, won't they suspect something when a Caucasian turns up? There are still quite a few of you in Calcutta. Your people did run it for a while, after all. <coughs> yes, uh, well... Uh... Our own medics are busy with a humanitarian crisis on the Nepalese border. Your arrival is really quite providential. What I don't understand, sir, is... Well, some bigwig hotelier comes down with a tummy ache. Why is UNIT interested? Because of this. It was drawn by a village fisherman living not too far from the hotel site. Do you recognize it? From the files? Yes, I'm afraid so. Granted, those villagers have got quite an imagination. However, so have we. We think there's something going on out there, Sullivan. And we need you to find out what it is. Got you, filthy brute. I've got mosquito spray. It won't do a lick of good out here. Too many of the bleeders. Excuse my language. Excused. I say, when do we reach the hotel? Not long. 
I bet you wish you'd stay behind your desk. Hardly. I didn't join units so I could push papers all day. Why India? I was bored in London. All that time training, top of the class, and for what? Not even the merest glimpse of the unexplained, let alone a bug-eyed monster. Strikes me that we never stop getting invaded. Oh yeah, but who's always manning the phones when it happens? Well, it's an important job. Let someone else do it. I want to be where the action is. Travelling through a swamp filled with tigers and crocodiles with no idea what we'll find in the centre of it. Yeah, that's more like it. It's not all thrills and spills, you know. My life's been on the line more times than I care to remember. Thanks mainly to one old friend in particular. Who's that? Oh, never mind. Just don't go looking for danger, my girl, and danger won't go looking for you. Say my girl again, and I'll chuck you into the river. You sound like another old friend of mine. What was that? Something hit the boat. Insistent, whatever it is. Harry, look, they're in the water. One of those crocodiles I was talking about. Get back. I'll handle this. You're not going to shoot him. Well, if it's a question of him or us. No, sir. What? Do not shoot. They are protected. But we're not. Mr. Kamal will be most angry if his crocodiles are harmed. I will throw a lamb's carcass into the river. It will distract the crocodile. That's a monster for you, Miss Cross. Having fun yet? You seem quite sweet to me. Sweet? Wouldn't say that if it was you in there. Well, I'd make sure I wasn't in there, wouldn't I? We've arrived. Sorry? The hotel. Up ahead. Ah, yes. Time for us to get to work. Give me your hand. I can manage. There we are. Now then, I suppose we'd better... Stop. Oh, hello. These are private lands. You must go. What? I'm sorry, we didn't catch your name. You will leave immediately. I won't warn you again. I didn't know we'd been warned at all. I'd say those men with the guns are all the warning we need. Now look here, I'm Dr. Mannering. This is Nurse Winfield. We understand you have a medical emergency on your hands. You're a doctor? Yes. Came at your request. Is that so? You will follow me, please. Harry! I say! And watch your step. Both wait here. Oh, certainly. Duo sort of fellow, isn't he? Look at this place. Chandelier, plush carpeting, all the trimmings. And plonked right out here in the middle of a swamp. No one at the desk, though. Seems you can't get the staff these days. No point if there aren't any guests. There's us. Yes. I meant to pick up some razor blades. Self-defence? No, for a shave. Ah. Here, ma'am. Halda tells me that you are a doctor. That's right. Uh, and my assistant here... But this cannot be possible. Yes, it can. We answered your call. You are lying. What do you want? We're not lying. Honestly. Then will you please explain to me why another doctor has already arrived here less than one hour ago? I... I don't... Uh... Well, well, well. Hello, Harry. Doctor! <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. 
So, I ask for a doctor, and then two turn up at once. Fortuitous, wouldn't you say, Mr. Kamal? Suspicious is the word. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, well, uh, well, I told you, I'm the doctor, and, and this is Harry Sullivan. <coughs> Mannering. What? Dr. Mannering. What are you talking about, Harry? That's not your name. Uh, this young lady, well, actually, we haven't been introduced. Naomi Cross. <coughs> Winfield. Oh, come on, Harry, the game's up. Yes, Harry, the game's up. What are we talking about? What game? I mean, who's who here? <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> you know, you really should have got your story straight before you came here. Undoubtedly, but then uh, I didn't know they were coming. I assume you answered the call as well, then. Oh, yes, I answered the call, all right. I answered the call. No, I didn't, Harry, but they think I did, so I thought I'd go along with it. Haldar, what is he saying? He says he didn't answer the call, but he thought he'd go along with it. Ah, and I forgot about you. Haldar, the eavesdropper. Mr. Kamal, we are medical professionals. At least, I assume you are. Oh, I've had my moments. So, whatever else may be the case, we're still valuable to you. You are indeed, my dear. Making yourself useful to me is the most intelligent thing you can do right now. Of course... Accidents are known to happen out here in the Sundarbans. Uh, Mr. Kamal, do you think one such accident might happen to us? Maybe later, but not yet. Ah. The matter of our poor professor still requires your attention. Dr. whoever you are, Sullivan, perhaps you would care to confirm your associate's diagnosis. He saw the professor before you arrived, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind a second opinion. No, no, not at all. I'd welcome it. Uh, it's interesting, Harry. Is it really? Then I suggest we all go to the sick bay. Big finish for the love of stories.